Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read, another guest episode, as you can tell by the title. So I had the guys from Propane Fitness on, Johnny and Yusuf. Conversation was great. They're so intelligent and they're very, very knowledgeable about a lot of interesting subjects like meditation, fitness, sort of optimising your productivity. And alongside that, that's essentially what they do with Propane Fitness. Their online coaching is to optimise your physique, productivity, making money online. And they do a really good job of it. And the content that they've got online is great. On their YouTube channel, Yusuf put a video the other day how he reads 30 books a year as a doctor working in the NHS. So very, very interesting, very worth a watch. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. You can find them on Instagram. Just to let you know before we start the podcast. And it's at Propane Fitness. Propane like the gas, fitness like fitness. Three, two, one. And we are live with the Propane Fitness Boys. Thank you for coming on. No How are you both doing? Thanks. Good morning. Us. Very good. That, that was a instant hot potato. It was like, okay, so I think we might write, go record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, what, I'm here to keep you on your toes. What time zone are you in, Yusuf? I'm in the UK time zone. It's just because you said good morning. Oh, uh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you got Ed and me mixed up now? It's like, is Johnny all right? Is this that? Like, why is he asking me that question? Because yeah, he said good morning. differed between uh, <laughs> the south of the UK and the north. I was like, oh, well, well wait, now, wait, now wait, I'm really on the spot. Now I really don't know anything. We're, we're in the podcast time warp anyway. So last week is actually next week. But, you know. Yeah. yeah exactly. You, yeah. That's don't tell anyone what happens. It's when you have to say like, oh, check out next week's episode when we cover this. And it's an episode that you've already recorded three weeks ago. Oh God. Now my podcast land. Podcast, podcast land. land. The best yeah. land. The best, the land. best land. Well, uh, welcome. Welcome to a need to read both of you. You are both very interesting individuals and you've been put sort of, we've been put together by a mutual friend of ours. And I just think you're going to have a good bit of insight into the lives of working people that read a lot. Um, and essentially just be able to tell the people how to do it, especially for yourself. Yusuf, if you can introduce yourself and then, and then Johnny, you introduce yourself as well, just a bit about you. Sure. So we are the, the two that comprise propane fitness, although recently we've just acquired a third as well, but um, we started off running a fitness website about 10 or 11 years ago, helping people become leaner and stronger effectively. But we had a big tilt towards productivity and uh, meditation and mindset stuff as well, which kind of evolved into a separate arm of the business, which we now also offer, which is business coaching for personal trainers. That kind of came about just from organic inquiries that we were getting from our existing fitness clients, a lot of whom happen to be personal trainers, just because we do a lot of stuff that's quite kind of in-depth physiology stuff that they, they quite enjoyed. And they were asking us to share our systems for growing their business as well. So we kind of straddle a few different spheres, but ultimately the most of our content now focuses around making money online, getting more productive, getting stronger, getting in better shape, improving your mindset all and everything in between. All that good stuff. Perfect. And you managed to do that alongside both of you having pretty intense jobs. Isn't that fair to say? Johnny. <laughs> well, so yeah, so well, you said, uh, did you mention you were a doctor? 
I don't think you did. That's just, just so that's something you do, I do on the side. Um, <laughs> just save lives on the side. It's not, it's not being a bad a, thing to do. Yeah, being a doctor mid-pandemic is uh, it's a bit pretty, of a side gig. Pretty rubbish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. I bet. That's actually an interesting thing because you've, you've put a video up on Instagram soon. I'm going to come back, um, Johnny, to you to do your introduction, but there's a video on Instagram um, from you, Yusuf, about how you read 30 books a year as a doctor. Have you managed to keep that up over the pandemic? Yeah, so it, it's funny, actually, because I've, I've been a bit um, stunted with my reading over the last few years because the only book that I was reading consistently for the last few years has been Kumar and Clark's Principles of Medicine. Um, and then... <laughs> you know and like i was maybe reading okay that's 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 not true i was maybe reading like eight to ten books a year during med school but it's only now that there's not this sense of guilt where like and i'm sure if anyone has done some kind of intense study we've got exams coming up which is just constant in med school that if you're reading or consuming information that's not directly examinable you feel like a dickhead because it's it's not going to move you towards your goal so now like i've been able to ramp that up a little bit Saying that it's still, even when you're busy, you can still consume um, other other books and other bits of content that yeah. aren't as um, directly examinable. And I think it's useful to do that just to have a bit of a, a frame shift in, you, in your mind. Like when you're driving and stuff, like often I would have medical um, notes being like played on double speed or, or triple speed. Oh, okay. But there is a point where you're like, actually, I'm so wound up here. I need a, a change of scene, even if it's just, a book about something else. Yeah. Were you going fiction or non-fiction there? I've never really got on with fiction. I think since no. since the age of about 17, 18, I lost my soul and I've never been able to enjoy <laughs> fiction anymore. I can relate with losing my soul. I'm still searching for that. <laughs> um, we'll we come back to that in a moment. But Johnny, for yourself, um, can you introduce yourself to the people of A Need to Read Land? Yeah, sure. So I, as you said, I am the, the other half or the other, um, leg of the tripod that is, that is propane fitness. Um, I started out in the finance world, so I don't, I don't do this anymore, but I used to be, uh, an accountant. So I, I sort of came out of uni trained up to be an accountant, um, similar to yourself, like everything that I consumed or information I consumed was like with this single focus of, I really need to pass these exams. Otherwise I'm going to lose my job. It was that kind of situation. Um, yeah. cause they, they, or at least they did. I don't think they do anymore. A lot of big firms kind of kick you out if you don't pass. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was my focus. And then at the same time we were doing, working on propane fitness in the evening, like full, uh, I remember listening to four hour work week in the car on the way to go work at a client. And that kind of fueled very like cl- cl- cliche, uh, entrepreneurial story but that fueled us uh focusing on on the fitness business more um and in 2016 i like handed my notice in and yeah. been doing this full-time since and then yeah okay. so like that's kind sort of the avenues that we've worked in since then uh are always yeah. evolving um yeah. so yeah and now this is this is basically what i do um yeah nice it's, it's yeah yeah well that's that's it it's interesting the, the amount of people that i speak to that have managed to create a sort of a life for themselves or that, that are quite entrepreneurial that sort of shout about the four hour work week and everyone says oh it's a cliche but i always have this thing about cliches is they're cliches because like they are true 
and everyone's like oh you only live once or yolo so cliche it's like well yeah you, you actually kind of do you do only yeah. live once yeah, and yeah same yeah, with all exactly. these cliches I, I think this is the problem with cliches that yeah you're right like they're mostly very true it's just that the people who use cliches seem to have no nuance <laughs> of thought and so yes. we find them annoying because we hear someone say like oh live life love like Leo and you're just like oh fuck off but like <laughs> there is some truth to it and so we have to and, and that's maybe the conflict that we feel because we're like well yeah they've got a point but it's really trite what they're saying yeah and uh I might offend some people here, but you get those girls going to the bottomless brunch. And they're like, "Hey, YOLO." And it's like, "Yeah, you do. Maybe, maybe you do something a bit more with it." <laughs> so, I mean, we we actually uh, prescribe YOLO days for our clients. On um, this is complete tangent, but um, we like tangents. <laughs> so, if if we give someone say targets for macros for a certain certain days in the week, the goal is to eventually move beyond that and not become Tupperware man. Yeah not become the person who's just like makes their identity about their diet or substitutes their, their diet for a personality. And so the goal is to make them eventually graduate from having to track every day and just give them like, say, okay, Wednesdays is YOLO day, eat how you want, but try and track retrospectively. And then eventually you add in more YOLO days until they're not tracking at all. And they're eating intuitively and just to kind of take the stabilizers off the bike. Yeah, I um I was actually looking through your Instagram before I had you guys on. There's one thing I definitely want to mention. I want to ask who was the mastermind of this, but you had a like a big pot of Greek yogurt with oh. fruit pastels in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah, nice. That definitely me. Was that so a 500 quite... gram tub? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not a kilogram yeah. tub. Uh, it looked like it looked. It might have been. It was big. Considering the yeah. So that that was when those things were happening, I was, I was working away. So like as part of working as an accountant, you get sent to clients a lot of the time. And I was, I was in, um, I was near London and there was like one shop. So I hadn't hit my macros at the end of the day. There was one shop that sold like basic stuff. Um, and I was just like in this shop at like half nine at night thinking, right. It's like 70 grams protein, 80 grams carbs. You know, how'd you hit that? So, but I came up with a solution. Um, and since, you know, we've had a lot of questions about the perspective of that photo, because everyone imagines, you know, if you think I'm eating a yogurt, you think like of a, of a single yogurt, Small right? Like petty a single, so exactly. Um, I just, I just don't have time for, for things like that. So it's my favorite thing because everyone's like, oh, it's, it's jelly tots in a little yogurt. You're like, no, it's fruit no, pastels no. in a kilo of yogurt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's intense. And also just in terms of your content, poo optimization. Who's, whose idea was the... Uh... So uh, it's it, funnily enough, I recorded a video over the weekend going more deeply into poo optimization. So um, it's five tips to improve your poo and just to have world-class poos. <laughs> okay. So that's going to come out probably in podcast land last week, but in a few weeks. Okay. Can I have a couple of those now? A couple of poos or a couple of couple, tips? A couple of poo optimization <laughs> tips. So, yeah, I mean... I because I've got a quite a careful setup here. I would take you into my bathroom and show you what I've got set up there, but two items. In Here's the one I made earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so two things are the squatty potty, which allows you to elevate your feet. So it's basically it's a little stool that you can tuck under the toilet, allows you to flex your hips, unkink the rectal shelf and basically straighten out your poos and just have a much bit. <laughs> Johnny's enjoyed the, uh, the sentence, unkink the rectal shelf. I'm boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's fantastic. Levels them up by 
not much extra effort needed. And then also the Shottafer. Now this is something that's quite close to my heart. If you, I mean, you've been traveling, you've been in Bali and um, Australia, yeah. presumably you, you must've seen these in a lot, a lot of Asian countries have them. They like, looks like a shower head that they hang up next to the toilets. Oh, the best thing in the world. Aren't they just? Yeah. So they, you know, my, my Arab heritage means that I've just got like a genetic predisposition towards them, but <laughs> it's, it's basically a really powerful water jet that you use post poo in combination with toilet roll. Now, Rory Sutherland, so Rory Sutherland talks about this in the marketing podcast where he says, if you've got poo on your hand or your face, you wouldn't just wipe it off with dry paper. So why the hell would you do the same thing with your ass? And it's like, that's actually a really valid point that yeah, um, that's he, he was like, but it was about the marketing of, of things like wet wipes. And he was like, in, um, he was like, it, it's bloody disgrace in the UK that we use dry paper, but wet wipes and stuff like that he's like there seem to be reserved on like the top shelf of the supermarkets away from the general public and they've got this perception of being for people with bum problems or perverts or that kind of thing <laughs> whereas so, so i just thought and he, so he talks about like the the way that things are placed in shops or supermarkets dictates how they're perceived socially as well yeah that's so interesting so, so i actually I went down there yeah sorry john Yusuf doesn't know this yet. This is the first time Yusuf's heard this information. I don't know whether on Zoom, whether when you're presenting this, is this gonna is this a video podcast? Yeah, I'll ch I'll chuck a video up on on YouTube with it, and I'll make yeah. a couple of little clips for for the Instagram. So, as I, as I say, you might not get Yusuf's reaction because sometimes like Zoom like pushes the person off. But basically, um, last week when Yusuf put up the uh, Instagram photo of his toilet which is obviously a bit of a weird thing to do. My battle station. <laughs> the cockpit of, uh, of Yusuf's house. So he, I, I read this sentence, so I was a lot of people asking questions, and I read the sentence, um, it's to unkink the rectal shelf. And I was like, that's like, of the sentences I've heard Yusuf say, that's like easily top five. So currently en route to his house is a t-shirt that says, unkink the rectal shelf on the front. <laughs> and on the back... <laughs> So on, the back, about that. <laughs> on the back it says ask me about my shatafa which is a <laughs> pronunciation brackets um do not pm me with diet or training questions i can't tell if you're serious <laughs> i'm deadly serious wow, well actually there wow. is a the reason i'm telling you is because do you remember the other day i asked you for your address yep so that's why but See, I, I just thought is... you were signing me up for some kind of VAT bill or something. Like... <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but the, the company thinks that that address doesn't exist. So it's currently stuck somewhere, but eventually <laughs> you are going to get that T-shirt. Oh, so there you go. I love that. Johnny, I'm, I'm touched. Um, I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'll wear it on the next podcast. I'm sure you will. Sure no, you can you Should can you send me a picture of it uh, when when you've got it oh, wearing of it proudly? I it straight on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, look, so... I love, I'm so happy to go on tangents here. That's what I love. I, I feel quite bad because we've not talked about books at all. And... No, please don't feel bad at all. Please don't feel bad at all. This is, this is what I like doing the podcast for. I'm not here to interview people. I'm here to find out a little bit about their favorite books and see where the conversation goes. So on, on that note, on that note, I said that I wasn't an interviewer. I will just ask you guys a question of what are your top three favorite books? And we'll go like sort of one for one and, and see where the conversation goes from there. So starting with yourself, Johnny, what's, what's your favorite book? Could you say, I know it's a really difficult question. Mm -hmm. 
It is a really difficult question. I think the answer's changed quite a bit over the years. So, so, so like, I would have said four-hour work week. Um, and I probably would still say that in a way because I think the at the time of that being released and being very popular, the ideas in that book were very new. Like, obviously, yeah. it's all over the place now, right? Stuff like that. And everyone's running an e-commerce business or yeah. um, offering some kind of coaching online. But at the time, it was, like, really rare. Um, my my view on reading has has changed quite a bit over the years, and I think Yusuf and I, like a lot of the groups we're in, um, we argue about this because I, I, I imagine that you probably won't agree with me either. Um, but I've actually more or less stopped reading. Um, I know. I know. Um, but, uh, How do I read someone? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not because I think reading's a bad idea. It's mm. just because. Um, I don't think it's the thing that I'm missing at the moment. Like it's, yeah. I feel like Yusuf and I have both for a long time been that guy who's like always reading a book, right? And yeah. always has a, a list of books to read. Um, and we're always like looking for the new ideas and looking for the things to like the new concepts to find out about. Um, but I now just have this like long list of notes and things that I've learned and things that I want to do and try. But I, yeah. the bottleneck is me doing stuff with the information. Yeah. So that's kind of all of the things that I read really um, are, and I realize this is not really answering your question. I, I will answer your question. Um, all of the things that I read, and sort of especially now, are like me looking at my, like, my personal life, my fitness, my productivity, business stuff, especially and trying yeah. to figure out like where is the, like where am I most bottlenecked by this and how can I solve that problem? And I think if you read that book, like if it's like, right, my problem is this, and you read that book, you're then so much more receptive to the ideas. You're so much more likely to retain yeah. the ideas. So my list of books at the moment is pretty weird, to be honest. Like the things that I'm reading, yeah. um, are very niche, very specific. But I would, I would say probably, um, ask me five, six years ago, what's my favorite book? I would have said Four Hour Work Week without without hesitating. Now yeah. it's probably something which is also cliche, uh, which is Atomic Habits. And I think the yeah, reason I like brilliant. books like that is they are like operating systems rather than a single idea. So a lot of books you read, it's like one thing that someone has spent 300 pages explaining. Um, whereas Atomic Habits, like if you really took the ideas in that and lived your life by that advice, you would, you would be a, could become a completely different person, right? Basically yeah. you can become whatever you want to be. And I think 4-Hour Workweek is very similar. And there's a few other books like that. So initially 4-Hour Workweek and now Atomic Habits. Yeah. Nice. And it is, it, I think the thing about atomic habits is implementable. If that's yeah. a word, yeah. you, you, you both in more intelligent than me. Is that, can, can we confirm or deny that's a word? That's yes. Yeah, let's, let's let that one, let, let one go. We'll let that one slide. <laughs> My face just gets slowly redder as I'm like implementable. <laughs> um, yeah. Those I, words that, like the more you say, the less it feels like a word. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, Not a word. Like, uh, I think most words are like that. Like say elephant enough, right? You're like, I'm just making sounds with my face now. Yeah. 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 It's very true. Very true. I think when I'll I'll write a book one day and I'll make it a word and it will go in the dictionary. I'll be like, Hey guys, by the way, it's word now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So atomic habits, what about for yourself, Yusuf? So to, to just to follow on from, from what Johnny said as well, we both have very similar temperaments and similar approaches to things in the, we'll pick something 
pick a variable and just optimize for it at the expense of everything else and often forget mm. why we were doing it in the first place. Now that's a very valuable skill in some cases because it it's what determines success. Yeah. If you can apply industriousness, it's much more it has much more of a predictive value of success in certain aspects than IQ does. So um so industriousness and willpower which which is associated with kind of obsessionality of yeah. behavior and and approaching something. So that is required like with studying medicine for example like it was far and above the hardest like you know mental everest i've ever done and that that did yeah. require an absolute obsessional immersion into the subject matter but the problem comes with books that you if you're reading non-fiction to improve your life it's very easy to fall into the habit of mindless acquisition and yeah. i think johnny and i did this um, especially earlier on where we would just read stuff and like i would take extensive notes on things and then just move on to the next book and the next book without yeah. really implementing it. And I think really the meta habit that Johnny's talked about there of like taking a step back and being like, actually, yes, I could read the next book. Or I could say from the pool of things that I've learned so far, what am I limited by? Or what's, what is my bottleneck in, in my life? And I mentioned this in the, the, the video um, talking about how I read 30 books a year. And yeah. you, cause, you, cause you do see people that, you know, that, oh, I read 300 books a year or whatever. And you're like, bloody hell, like, that's great. But if a book is somebody's entire life work, you're not giving an author the respect that they deserve by just bashing through it and being like, Oh yeah, next one, next one. Yeah. Like there's probably so much richness in there, probably decades of stuff. And I don't know if you've uh, seen much of our stuff that we are big fans of Evernote, which is like an external brain. Basically it's a, so it's an app to indexing and tagging of um, linked bits of data effectively and notes and so on. Now, my Evernote is about 5,000 notes with a lot of summaries and books and ideas and stuff. And I, sometimes I think like, I shouldn't be reading anymore. Like I've probably done all the reading I need to for, my, for, my, for several yeah. lifetimes. And I'd be much better served by going back through the ones that I've already read and really making sure that they are being put into my life. Saying that, um, <laughs> out of the ones that, uh, that I have read, I think five that have had the most impact on me, or are we going one, one each? We can go one each okay. or, or we okay. can do, do whatever. If, if we're going for five, you can chuck five out. Cool. So I'll, well, I'll, um, I, I won't steal the, the stage. So, um, and I've tried to pick one from different domains in life as well. Yeah. Big one for me across multiple domains is the way of the superior man by David Dada. Okay. Is that one that you've read? Ed? I haven't. No. So that was a that was a big one for me, and probably one of the reasons that made me quit uh, working in finance to go and do medicine. Um, that, in combination with the Earl Nightingale quote of "If you uh, avoid pursuing your dream because of the time it'll take, don't worry, the time will pass anyway." So that, in combination with this book, which talks about it, it's, it's a very accurate and unique description of masculine and feminine energies um in human interaction but also yeah. in the way that the world operates and it's something i've never heard anyone else describe in this way it's kind of a spiritual slash practical book Love but those. yeah it's, it's phenomenal and what one of the things that he mentions is that if you are not living in accordance with your with your true purpose then 
you will feel inauthentic and people will be able to sense that inauthenticity in you. Yeah. And you'll always be misaligned with your purpose if you continue to ignore that. And that over time, your purpose uh, changes like layers of an onion, like the outer layer falls away. And if you try and hold on to that old shriveled layer of an onion, it's just going to, it's not going to, um, nothing's going to improve. And so you have to let go of the old to, to let the new come in. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's one chapter. The other one was live as though your father was dead. Um, and that's another is, book. That, that's another chapter within the book, which is just talking about the idea that we often live in accordance with our inherited values, either from our physical father or from our culture, our religion, uh, anything mm. that we've taken on and not really questioned it. Yeah. We've just made it part of ourselves without really having a filter. Yeah, definitely. Their, their books, it's like my interest is peaked there. Any book that makes people want to quit their job, I'm all for because I've, I've worked jobs in the past where I've just absolutely hated it for ages. And it took something like a book to be able to actually, do you know what, I, I'm going to quit. And, and for me, mine was The Alchemist, which is a fiction novel, but it was about following your heart. And I was like, where's my heart? And I was like, well, it's certainly not in this building. Like, I need to get out. And an, a book that's sort of on that spiritual sort of practical path, one, like you said, The Way of the Superior Man, looking at sort of male feminine energy, that's great. And I especially like the point that you just said about there, that live as though as your father is dead, because how many people have their parents just at the back of their mind their whole lives like oh i want to make them proud i want to do this i want to do this so i want to do this so as opposed to just wanting to do something because they want to do it they're like oh i need to do this so my parents are proud and i've got the you know i i I had an egyptian dad the the classic like you must be doctor or engineer or lawyer like (laughs) luckily he wasn't like that with me but there's still many aspects to that that actually only when he did die I kind of realized that mm. I was unconsciously holding on to um, certain values, which was yeah. really interesting that even though I thought that I wasn't, it was like, ah, actually there it yeah. is. We are a doctor now. So well, yeah, there. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right. Well, that is a nice suggestion. Now, obviously we now know that you don't read anymore, Johnny, but have we, have we got any others that, <laughs> that are in your uh, mind? Yeah. Yeah. I've got tons. So like, as yeah. I say, I'm not, I'm not saying I've, I've never read anything. Um, yeah no i can see him in the background i've I've heard very good things yeah 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 yeah. so they i think the um it's more like to be honest a lot of my like information that i so every day when i'm like making breakfast i'll i'll be listening to something usually an audio book or something Mm. like that it's like i mean it's often so at the moment it's a course that we've that we've bought access to it's it's often for something like that or a youtube video it's something very specific you're still consuming information but it's not it wouldn't be something I put on my bookshelf. Um, no. So it's, and I think that I, I did a lot of that and ended up with a lot of things that I did, I wasn't doing basically. Yeah. Um, but some more examples. So, um, so like you suffer, try to pick things that are, all, all my books are like something that if you were to just do this thing, it's like a huge, it's very practical and it's a very, um, it's almost like a, an entire area of your life that you could center around this one thing. So, um, so yeah, four hour work week and atomic habits with it, with the first two that I gave in my, in my one, um, cause I'm cheating. Um, that's right but yeah <laughs> so if you're not cheating is, you're not trying hard enough well, like exactly. i need you to try uh, <laughs> i know that you you have tried to get five in and then just bottled it so yeah. <laughs> um so uh, my second one is is loving what is by byron katie um mm-hmm. which is 
I don't even know how I first heard of it. It might have been Yusuf who told me about it, or it might have been a coach we had at the time. Was it Paul Mort, or was it pre-Paul Mort? I think it was pre-Paul Mort, yeah. But anyway, so uh, Loving What Is is a book about, um, basically, this lady, Byron Katie, had kind of a, an, an awakening where she realised that all uh, suffering and pain in her life is was arguing with reality. So like I have a version of things that I think should be true. So I shouldn't have to do that. This should be the case that shouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, and then actual reality and most suffering that you can kind of, if you pare it down to like, why do I feel this way? Um, is because you're, you're wishing something to be different in the way that it is. Um, mm. and so lo- loving what is, is a, is a book about that, um, that gap that people are in a lot of the time, but also um, a practical like, process that you can do to try and uh, see thoughts that basically dictate how we feel on a daily basis, see yeah. thoughts from a, a different perspective. So yeah. you, you, we all have kind of strong feelings or thoughts around people, situations, things that people say or do. Um, taking that and then, and then examining it and thinking, well, you know, is that actually the case? And actually other examples where, I'm at fault here and I could actually do something about this. So it's a very practical process. I think if, if for anyone who like suffers with um, negative thoughts or like yeah. any kind of anxiety or anything like that, it's a very useful tool. Yeah. So the book's Shout very, pra- very practical. Um, yeah. It's like interviews with her going through this process with some of her clients about like issues with money, issues with uh, like grief and, and losing loved ones, issues with, um, you know, losing connection with friends and family because they've said yeah. something that offends you and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, loving what is nice. by Byron Cody. Yeah. Nice. It's interesting that you say that. That's almost like when you say an R for anyone that's like suffering with anxiety or doesn't can't really love what it is like shout out to everyone in 2020 <laughs> and yeah. um, like loving what is, is, is prominent in pretty much all the philosophies you can look at. Like you've got stoicism, you've got the Amor Fati sort of, not only to bear what is necessary, but just to love it and sort of make the most of fate and like to love fate. And then um, I just, I recently read a book called the Tao of Pooh, like Taoism in, in Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And it goes on about how Winnie the Pooh just is. And he, he just accepts everything. Doesn't think about much. And although he's portrayed to be a stupid little bear, he actually might just be the wisest bear there is. So this is something that I actually had a chat with Paul about, which was, do you ever wonder that the deeper you go into all this introspective stuff, that what we're doing is we're kind of digging up and realizing all this kind of suffering and then trying to like nuance our way out to the point where actually, if we just didn't care about any of that stuff and just lived a very happy-go-lucky way, that you would have short-circuited the whole process. But then I suppose Mm. you could say, if you do that, then you wouldn't be as appreciative of the full journey that you've taken. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because you could have just life sort of rushing past you, water off a duck's back, doesn't matter. Or you can then delve deep and realise how fucked up your brain is. And then you have to work for like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen, fourteen, twenty years to get back to the point that you were at when you were eight years old. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, everyone knows someone who's like, doesn't do any like self-development, but is just really mm. happy all the time. I love those people. I'm so jealous. (laughs) It's the thought of like, I think you have to think to yourself to justify it to yourself. of like, well, I spent all this time meditating. Am I just wasting my time here? Like, would it be easier if I just like, like ate some cereal and watched some TV? Like, would I feel, um, 
would I feel better anyway? Yeah. And you have to tell yourself like, well, it's just that maybe they haven't come to terms with it yet, or maybe they haven't realized it yet. Yeah. It, so, it does otherwise... open. So just to interrupt your listening, my internet went for a moment and I had to sort it out. So we're going to jump straight back into it now. Just going back into it. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that. I've, I've got a friend that I um, speak to quite a lot about meditation. It's almost like you sit down in the morning and you're like, oh, right. Good morning, brain. How are you doing? And your brain's just like, you're a piece of ah. shit. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm like, I don't know if my brain ever used to say this stuff to me, but like it does now that I sit with it for a while. And it's like, if you don't sit with it for 20 minutes, are you going to hear that? Or would it have come up in 10 years time and like really shouted at that at you? And it's one of those things like, is it beneficial or is it not? You, It's hard. So although the stuff, the stuff I was saying before kind of semi in jest, but my opinion is that yes, it, it is still going on, <clears throat> but it forms deeper and deeper layers of suffering that embed themselves mm. into your body. And we develop coping mechanisms to, shut that out of our awareness and it's only when you go deep that you realize the extent of your suffering but it's not as if the suffering doesn't exist mm. it's almost as if you're planting the soil of your mind of your unconscious which is all the soil with just crap stuff like bad fertilizer toxic stuff and then the the weeds that come out are a function of that soil whereas if you do the work and you dig up the soil clear out the rubbish stuff put in some nice mineral-laden soil, you know, the good yeah. premium stuff from the garden centre. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, exactly. Then, uh, <laughs> I mean, horse shit doesn't quite work with the analogy, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> I think it probably does. It just okay. sounds like it doesn't, but I bet yeah, it would work. That's true. And then the thoughts that you, and the emotions that your mind does produce are like premium sprouted grain and nice things rather than just like random weeds so yeah, and i do think it is, or something useless like that yeah crap yeah <laughs> eggs and a sandwich so yeah. so i do think it is worth doing the deep work for that um but it's it's a painful process yeah yeah definitely and and not to steer you towards any particular book but I'm going to steer you towards a particular type of book in terms of having a look at consciousness and, and meditation and stuff like that. Is there any books that sort of like stood out to you or has it been courses that you've done? What would you have said? Yeah. I, and I, so I thought you would ask this. So I've, I've, cause I've read a lot of books on this and I think, yes, there's, there is the cliche of like, you know, a, what is it? A year of reading is worth an ounce of practice or something like that, which mm. is true, but especially with meditation, misdirected practice can be just as much of a waste of time mm. so i think it's very important to make sure that you have some initial good guidance from someone that knows what they're talking about and you know we're very big on making sure that whoever you pick as the authority on something has achieved at least a modicum of success in the thing which they're professing to get some success for yeah. you in otherwise it's complete it's like following a driving instructor without a license or a fat personal trainer or something like that. It just, you, they, they have to demonstrate that they can get that result. So yeah. a lot of these pop meditation books 
throw them out. I think they're total bollocks because they're written by people who have just discovered it and are riding the wave of pop science and meditation. Yeah. I think the people to follow are monks that have really gone dick and balls in with yeah. this stuff. People <laughs> that have completed it. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and so um i think I, i've got a few books on meditation that i'd recommend but i would work through them in order so start with mindfulness in plain english by hinepala gorantana that is a very accessible compassionately written simple book on getting started with meditation with both yeah. sides of it concentration and mindfulness focused meditation um then i would look at reading something by Gary Weber. Um, he has a book called happiness and beyond. I think he is someone who objectively has completed meditation. Like he's become enlightened. And the reason I say objectively is that he's been a participant and a researcher in a lot of Harvard fMRI studies yeah. that show a, um, a functional change in his resting brainwave state. Um, where there's more activity in the tasking network and out of the default mode network, which is what most of us are in. So yeah. he is someone who is fascinating. He's this guy who did four hours of meditation every morning and he meditation, yoga, and the Byron Katie method, actually. So in combination before his family woke up. So he lived a normal life just wow. up at 4am every day, just pounded it every morning. And <laughs> one day he was in the middle of a yoga pose and his thoughts just stopped. And then that was it. So they never came back. So it might be quite irritating if you could think about it as irritating. So funnily enough, he, so someone asked him about this and he was like, well, I, I had to go into work and I was sat in a meeting <laughs> and people were asking me these questions and there was nothing going on inside. And then my body would just answer with the most like eloquently formed answers, but it wasn't coming from me. It was just like all of my programming just organized itself and just produced the best version of myself. So he says wow. like, put all your chips on the table, just go for it because it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. So he's do you got both, really... do you both meditate? Yeah. Yeah. How, how long or, or what type? I love that. I love that. How you said, wait, it's a complicated question. <laughs> and then went and then just hot potato with me. Right, oh, I'll let Johnny I'm do that one. To, I'm happy to pick up a hot potato. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause I, you probably got more to say than this on this than me. Um, so I meditate because because of Yusuf actually. So yeah. we were in a lift in Liverpool, and uh, I was doing like the, the I think it's called ten in ten, like the ten minutes of meditation a day in yeah. seven, ten days the Headspace do. And I was talking to Yusuf about it because he'd done like a couple hundred hours at that point. I was like, I'm finding it really difficult to do. Um, I'm not really getting anything out of it. I just sit there and think for ten minutes, and then like sometimes fall asleep in the evening and stuff when I'm trying yeah. to. Do it. And she was like, you stop messing half an hour a day for like a decent chunk of time. And then objectively tell me that you don't notice anything as a result. And so yeah. that was my like first, like so 30 minutes a day of like breath focused like concentration meditation. Um, and I've then like kind of struggled on with it, to be honest, for yeah. probably like four or five years. And in November, I did a Wim Hof, like, guided class and yeah. had this like bizarre out of body experience when I did that, nice. um, which is weird. It was quite like quite alarming to be honest when it was happening. Um, 
then toyed around with Wim Hof and now get feel like that was my like gateway to getting more out of it. But now what I do is more um, like awareness based meditate or like, I guess, how do you, what do you refer to it as Vipassana meditation? Is that right? You said? Yeah. So like that, that thing, like 30 minutes each, each morning, most, I try to as much as possible. Yeah. Um, nice. I yeah. think there's one thing about meditation is that when you use the apps, I sometimes think, am I meditating because I'm feeling the benefits of my meditating so I can keep my streak up? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I definitely know what you mean about that. Like the whole tried so many different, so many different apps and courses. I hired a meditation coach. Yeah. I think like the only time I got anything out of it was just, consistently doing it for a very long time yeah like to, to be honest so i've just gone over what is it like three i think 300 hours in insight timer which again is an app yeah. that recommended i can pretty confidently say that i got very very little benefit out of it for the first 300 hours which is nice i don't know how i feel about that to be honest but i suppose nice it just makes it, it worth it doesn't it it's, it's <laughs> like what we were saying earlier about is it worth delving into this because you might have been happier before or you're happier at the start? So I suppose if, if Yusuf yeah. would, would say, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, it is worth it. Yeah. I think, well, it was Yusuf that I think got me to, to, to see it as like, you can't expect, like you wouldn't expect to say, oh, well, I've done a hundred gym sessions. Why am I not in like brilliant shape? shape. Like, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't think that about anything else, right? Like you wouldn't expect to do, um, hundred hours of reading of a medical textbook and be a doctor it takes a lot longer than that mm. to achieve anything kind of meaningful. So I think coming to terms with that was quite difficult because I had the thought of like that you said mentioned at the start of, is this misapplied? Like what if I'm doing it wrong? If I'm doing it wrong. It's just a hundred hours of sitting that I never oh, get back. Breaking, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you said will have more to say about the methods and the practice that yeah. I let him go into that. So, so well on, on that note of the hundred hours thing, I so it's really, really important point And like, that I don't know where I got this from. I found it monkey, somewhere and I've, I've saved mon- it in my Evernote. Monkey Mind. Monkey, monkey mind, mind article. Thank yep. you. See, d- even before I said what it was, Johnny knew. Good team. Um, <laughs> so it is somebody's basically written an account of the changes that you experience in your awareness at different levels of meditation, which is really cool. Yeah. And I, I think, Ed, what you said about, am I just meditating to keep up my streak? That's absolutely fine. I think use whatever tricks you need to, to convince yourself to, to do yeah. it because the mind is slippery and it will always try and rationalize your way out of doing something. So if you can just like, you know, use your mind against your mind to be like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm doing it for the, for the gram or I'm doing it for my mm. streak or whatever. I'm just going to sit and do it. Yeah. So what, um, what this thing is roughly is like, so there's a hundred hours, less stress, less fear, more focus, more self-esteem, improved energy, a thousand hours almost superhuman focus compared to co-workers sense of being driven, aware and intuitive, reduced need for sleep, increased capacity for love, tolerance for pain, 5,000 hours. <laughs> so where we go into the deep end, very little attachment to any point of view, much of your ego dissolves. Um, boredom doesn't occur. Deep feelings of peace pop up unexpectedly and stay for unpredictable amounts of time. More control over automatic reactions like fears and angers and hatred. Yeah. Um, so, and then I guess like the 10,000 hours is when you start like dissolving into the, the world yes. around you. Yeah. That's a lot of hours, isn't it? How many, anyone work out you're both accountants. How many days is that? Full days of 24 hours, roughly. Long time. 
I think yeah yeah good answer I like that one <laughs> well, if, you do the, if you do the Gary Webb method of four hours a day you're looking at like two to three years of that to touch so the, yeah so, so he actually says like getting enlightened or like completing meditation is approximately as much work as doing a PhD which I love that he's like likened it to something that is practical he's like that's about the mm. amount of effort you need for it but the, mm. the return on investment is much greater than a PhD yeah he's got a phd so he's like got yeah what, to... what would you choose you if you uh, being that you've got a phd so i, so if I could say give me give me that and i'll give you enlightenment oh yeah you biting my hand off yeah absolutely yeah um right well because so here's think... a question a question i always ask yourself is why don't you meditate for four hours each morning because i'm a twat that's like <laughs> the, 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 there can be no other answer can there like yeah. because we're all we're all sat here like fully sold on the fact that it's necessary but it's the marginal discounting of utility like the future future self just gets completely pied because yeah. we're like oh no but i've got emails to respond to and i've got to do this thing yeah. so i think there is a there's definitely value in group accountability with this stuff and yeah that's why like so we, yeah, I, I mean, Johnny mentioned Insight Timer. I would recommend getting that app. It's, um, it just tracks your total time and allows you to, um, to yeah, to, to track total time yeah. and, and have a, like, clave every five minutes. But... What is your total time, Yusuf? 6.50-ish. What's that? Big thousand? Or Almost big super- thousand superhuman focus you unlock a uh, thousand i can't wait yeah i think from 999 <laughs> to 1000 suddenly you're like oh. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like a, that's a raven movement <laughs> but um the thing is like o- over 100 hours of that was on retreat so my yeah. graph goes like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, which how, was how long was the retreat so that was 10 days and you're meditating from 4 a.m till 9 p.m with short breaks um, which was quite intense. Yeah, I bet. Did you feel the benefits straight away or? Yeah, very, like, obviously the first five days are, you, like, very unpleasant. Um, yeah, I bet. But then it starts, then you start to dig out the stuff and it's a very healing process. Um, but yeah, physically, it's actually really hard. Like, that was probably the hardest part because you're just, yeah. you're sat on the floor, so you're alternating between back pain and knee pain. Yeah. Because you like, you either sit cross-legged and then you're like, oh, I need to kneel. And then you're like, you're like, oh, no, I need to sit down again. So Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. How do you, an interesting question I'd, I'd sort of thought of earlier was, how do you maintain, like, like you guys have, have got good banter, you're known as like the propane fitness boys, good bants. How do you maintain being one of the leads whilst on the journey to being woke? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't think that, I don't think one means you can't do the other, would be my answer. I think if you start off with shit crack and then meditate, you'll just be a calmer person with shit crack. Yeah. Basically. So you've got to work (laughs) on the crack and and meditation. You've got to, you you can't get one without the other. Well, everyone has their their allotment, don't they, of crack and bad. Like, I think you get, you're born with that or you're not. I think yeah. trying to create create banter from zero, I, I imagine, is incredibly difficult to do. Oh, it's really difficult. I've been trying for ages. Like, 
just on the lookout for the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I, and I, I think I think Johnny's just better at maintaining the semblance of being a functional human than I am. Um, <laughs> well, I've done about I've done about half your meditation hours, so there'll be a point at which that's it. We're done for. <laughs> Combined, we're both just like <laughs> um, just both super calm. But like, guys, the business is going under. Like, doesn't matter. Nothing's real. Doesn't matter. Yeah. What's a business? <laughs> yeah. Who who am I? Like I don't I don't even exist to know. So <laughs> excellent, right? I'm I'm conscious of time um, for you guys. I don't know what your time is like, but if I can grab one more book from either of you, both of you, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. So my last one is Getting Things Done by David Allen. Yeah. Um, David is a I don't know what you would refer to him as, like a productivity expert. I would say like he has a yeah. getting things done is a, is like a way of life. So if you Google it, you'll see all these forums of people who like live the GTD methodology. Um, and David's actual, like the reason he created it, getting things done is he talks a, bit, a lot about like mind, like water. So that, that your mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. And it, part of this, so again, it kind of feeds into the, the meditation thing. It's like today, Meditate today. I was talking to Yusuf about this. Like I've produced like reams of, uh, I yeah. sit with, with post-it notes and write things down as I'm meditating. It's like things that come up, capture it, put it in a system to process it later. And having something like that, which is basically GTD. I think there's like five phases, like capture, uh, organize, do, re- uh, review or something like that. I've yeah. it, but, um, obviously it covers that in detail in the book. But having something like that um, means that like something occurs to you you just put it in the right place and you don't have to be constantly sat there thinking, oh, I've got so much to do because everything that you need to do is somewhere organized. And yeah. I think a capture habit is something that has probably changed, changed our lives, Yusuf, since we've both been, been like just oh. working on collecting information, like getting information out of our head as it occurs to us. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's probably, it's almost more of a emotional tool than it is a productivity one. Yeah. Because, if you not if you don't have a capture process like david allen's fundamental idea is that something comes up and you're like oh i need to do that thing and then that opens a loop in your mind that just starts going and then you're like oh there also needs to fix that bit in the fence and then another loop starts going <laughs> dinner for and then you've got all these loops going on and did you ever play metal gear solid yes with snake so, is it yeah solid snake yeah, yeah. Solid you know snake. you know when you throw the chaff grenade yeah. and it it messes up all the radars. It's like yes, that. Yeah. You're just walking around with like a, and you're like, you don't really know where you are, who you are. Yeah. You've got all these like things in your head. And, uh, and so that having a capture process means like, Oh, I need to go and fix that. Right. Take it, put it in the notebook, put it in the system done, not thinking about it. It'll come up when it needs to. Yes. Cause we've all had the moment like, in bed or while driving or in the shower where it's like oh shit like i was supposed to do that thing and it's yeah. like it's too late by that point or you know like your mind's process like yusuf says you've got all these little things spinning around and your mind's way of dealing with that is just like throws a ball up in the air maybe relevant may not be relevant may have been due a week ago but oh, i'm gonna remind you of it now and you think yeah. about it and then it's just you just feel like an idiot because you're like i remember thinking i need to do this before the deadline but I for, I've forgotten. I didn't do anything about it, and now here I am dealing with the consequences of having missed that. Yeah, <laughs> so you, so you punish, punish yourself. Yeah. The 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 funniest kind of version of that that I see 
is well, well, I guess like working in a hospital, being a doctor is like forces you to not do that. Or like if you do, it takes if you like forget something that mm. and occasionally you will wake up at 1am and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> so like I have got calls at 2am, for example, if I'm on a night shift from the guy who was on, <laughs> on the day shift being like, Yusuf, can you check that man's sodium? Oh shit. I haven't. And you're like, okay, <laughs> going to do it. but you can oh tell like God. something that's woken them up and they've been like, Oh, I've not prescribed the lorazepam for what, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It, so important. It... <laughs> so important. But yeah. So, so that, so reading the entire book, again, it's one of those things that like, if you just read getting things done and then just made that your, like, that's how I deal with all of my task management. Yeah. It would be a, for most people, it's a huge level up. The problem with something like that is, um, it's like I've been aware of a capture habit or like getting things done as an idea for five or six years and I still feel like I'm learning it. Like I still feel like I'm getting to grips with it and then I have weeks and months where I like kind of forget about capturing things and it's a it's a real skill to to try and develop but i yeah. think one with a huge huge payoff if you get it right so in getting things done by david allen is the book perfect interesting you you did say there about your meditation and you'll you'll write things down as you meditate is yeah. that in a case of this is purely just out of for my interest are you sat there shut like eyes shut or eyes open or whatever and then when a thought comes up you open your eyes you write things down and then you go back to it exactly that yeah so I find, to be honest, so people talk about doing a brain dump a lot. So like sitting yeah. down and thinking like, what, what are the things on my mind? Um, often people really struggle with that because when you try and, and like draw on the things in your mental RAM, they don't emerge. Yeah. They emerge an hour later when, when you're in the middle of something else. Yeah. Um, but often when I meditate, that's when things crop up. Yeah. So I, like obviously dealing with thoughts as they arise is, is a whole part of meditation. And you could argue, well, you know, you shouldn't interrupt the session to write these things down. But the fact is, like, looking at these post-it notes from even this morning session, I'd completely forgotten about most of them. Yeah. Right. So that there were things that were like, I remember to do this. Don't don't let it happen where you forget to do, yeah. to do this again. And if you just, like, continue to meditate and forget about it, chances are you will just forget about it. So yeah. I find if I, like, use my phone or as soon as I like open my laptop or anything like that, it really disrupts the session. So just having yeah. a bit of paper, it doesn't have to be a post-it note, but a bit of yeah. paper um, to mean that you've still got that. And then you can, it almost improves the quality of the session as well. Cause you're like, ah, oh, loop closed, gone. Like I don't need to, yeah. I'm not sitting trying to hold on to the, I must do this thing at nine o'clock today. While so, Yeah. I think everyone does who meditates, mm. right? Like there's thoughts that crop up and then there's things that, there's like thoughts con- that you're having content ideas. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, um, and the shower is another one. I know. I, I was even reading an article of someone who who'd bought. You can buy like waterproof notepads because people have so many out ideas in the shower. I have it all. I have it constantly. Where I'm like yeah. getting out of the shower and drying my hands and like typing something on my phone. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're like running up the stairs, yeah. almost tripping over the towel. Like, how am I going to get this idea down now? <laughs> <laughs> Writing in the steam on the mirror. Yeah, just to make sure it's captured. <laughs> yeah nice nice and um what about um you yusuf the, the the final book for you oh i was getting ready for five now i'm gonna have to pick my top four. <laughs> i'm really scuppered here just say um, the remaining ones is one sentence yeah it's one sentence okay so i think from i mean we the thing is we we've got time to go through the rest but it depends how yeah oh what no, no oh yeah sweet then oh lovely okay so <laughs> um the what Johnny said about 
books that are operating systems as being the most useful. I'd never thought about it that way, but yeah, definitely like looking at these, all of my top five picks are operating systems. So um, Way of the Superior Man is, is an operating system for uh, masculine, feminine essence, sexuality, um, and how you engage with life on an energetic level. Um, Deep Work is a great book by Carl Newport. And to be honest, anything yeah. by Carl Newport, um, the operating system for whatever the title is. So Deep Work is just about exactly as, as you as the title says, but with lots of examples of how a lot of the great minds of the world lived in almost monastic lifestyle, or if they had to engage with shallow work, they would make really distinct shifts between the two and how the modern era has degraded deep work because we're now constantly connected. We've got open plan offices with these like barriers, like no barriers between the desks and, and it's all just very like just constant, constant state of distraction and the effect that it's had on our attention spans and our ability to produce deep work and and our, our kind of emotional regulation as well. So he talks about that being like the ability to generate depth in your work as a competitive advantage and something that's going to become increasingly scarce as the world becomes more and more information heavy. So he's got another book called um, How to Be a Straight A Student. That's kind of the practical side of doing that, whether or not you're a student. And another one called Digital Minimalism, which are, again, like extensions of that, but going deeper into the toxic or like effects of social media. Yeah. And next one. Johnny, what is your number three? Uh, so I had, so I've done, I've done three now. I've, I stuck to the rules, um, <laughs> but I can think of, I can think of some other ones. So I have deep work written down as well. Um, a similar one to, well, actually different tack is one called expert secrets or the, the secrets trilogy um, by Russell Brunson, um, which is very like, it's only going to appeal to a very specific type of person. I think anyone who's trying to, um, sell anything online, build or run or improve their business, um, sell or package their expertise. Mm. Um, there's dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets are kind of the three books that, that Russell's produced. Russell's yeah. the owner of a business called, or the co-founder, I think, of a business called ClickFunnels, um, which is like a drag-and-drop page builder or like funnel builder for, um, if you want to build a, build a website, basically. Yeah. Um, so in those books, it, it basically covers, I mean, probably probably everything you would need to know to sort of at least get something off the ground or start monetizing yeah. something online, which more and more people are trying to do these days. Um, but expert secrets specifically, because I think it covers stuff that um, is quite rarely spoken about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And that's, that's three, three books. Three. Yeah, yes, Sorry, it is, I, yeah. I, I thought it was five. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry. So I mean, like that's, that's a trilogy. Of, of books by oh, I um, thought you were like guys that's enough that's three books no no no, yeah, it's not three. At all. no no I'm too polite to even if I thought that I wouldn't say it but just <laughs> let you know full disclosure I don't think that I'm more than happy to take five books the more the better <laughs> but yeah I, I can definitely um I've only read traffic secrets and expert secret and dot com secrets rather not expert secrets but both of them are fantastic like Russell Brunson's just a dynamo he's just one of these people yeah. who's just like yeah, it's just a, a so drill we, bit. We can directly attribute. So I, I, and I don't like talking about 
revenue numbers a lot, but yeah. I, I went on holiday, read Expert Secrets, came back and made a change that generated over 10,000 in revenue for us over the lifetime of the, like implementing that thing. And the yeah. book cost seven pounds. I mean, it's, so, it's, a, you know, it's a worthy trade-off, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think so. Like, I certainly don't sit and look at it on my bookshelf and think, I was a bit of a waste of money. Like, it was, yeah. it's very, very practical, again, as with all my, all my suggestions. Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, God, I've got more coming up, man. You can ask it. <laughs> no, no, no. Right, no, well, no, well, no. well we, we will stop at five. <laughs> I, I, never, I never usually have stuff to do, but I will maybe 10 minutes, I think, if we can, if we can keep to that. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll pass through these quickly. So the Russian memorization system called the Giordano system, that's an operating system. It's very boring for anyone that doesn't have the need to memorize reams of data, um, wouldn't recommend it. But yeah. it's like, it's just a very like intensive method for memorizing data of different types. Um, it's not dressed up in any way. It's not exciting. But it was it was such a it was a, such a frame shift for me because of the the way that it describes memory yeah that it that what memory is is resonance that you you have hooks and you have um items and the hooks are basically sending down a resonance of a certain channel certain frequency that yeah. resonates with certain items that are sat resting in your brain and then they are retrieved by that resonance and so because of that you can create an index of hooks because we all have alphanumeric characters, um, colors, size, images, things that we can, we can use as the basis for those hooks. And then that can be what retrieves the underlying information. And that often it's not a case that we've forgotten something. It's the case that we just didn't, we just don't have the appropriate hook to retrieve it. Yeah. Because it's, more often that someone will say something and be like oh yeah it's that rather than i have no recollection of ever knowing about that yeah. and so actually it just points out that really you just need to get better hooks and that's what um forms the yeah. system almost like the claw in uh toy story exactly it's got it comes down picks up what you need to and then goes off <laughs> um so the um, but but it's not it's not like a general purpose memory book like it's only yeah yeah, so it's very specific. Yeah, very specific. If I think if you're deep in the study hall, it's worth worth looking at. But you need like a few months of time to really like reorganize yeah. the way you do this stuff. Um, next book is Models by Mark Manson. I've read this one. Yes, I've, I've never spoken to anyone that's read it apart really? from myself. Wow, <laughs> I think it's the all blokes have to read it. Definitely. Absolutely. So, what, what what did you like most about it? It just changed my whole approach. I just used to be a bit of a knob. <laughs> well, that's what a testimonial. Yeah, and um, I think like it, it definitely played a massive part in sort of like the changes that I've made in my life. And I just think the whole approach of sort of attracting people through honesty, although in terms of case studies, like it depends on what you're looking for. If you're just looking for a bang, like my life before was probably way more successful and, and methods in that sense, but like when you're looking at more sort of authentic and deeper relationships, when you've read models, it just gets better and better. That's interesting that it's, it reduced your bang ratio. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, well, I, I was going to, it's not really contrary to what he's promising, is it? Cause what I guess he is yeah. asking, he's pulling out the, the authenticity in it. I 
about the book was that it was very much an antidote to um, other books of this of the a similar wave, um, which was yeah, rather than trying, artistry. yeah, rather than trying to protocolize and make algorithms of social interaction, just be the person that you would want people to be attracted to. And so mm. it's the long game, but um, it's it's better for your psychological health. Um, yeah, in the long run like it's great for so many things it's like great for like selling things or how you come across in general um i it's it's a i agree that like regardless of whether you are like in a relationship or looking for a relationship or whatever i think it's a great reason yeah. it's it's one of those things like if you pretend to be someone else people are going to pick up on it and the moment that you yeah. stop pretending to be someone if you ask someone a question in, in a particular way but that is your way of asking a question and they say no you know that you're not going to work well together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I emailed a publisher yesterday, a massive long email about download numbers and like how I feel that we could be mutually beneficial. And at the end of the email, it's like, I'm sorry if you think this comes across as narcissistic or you feel like I'm a knob, but I just want some free books. They haven't got back to me yet, but if they say no, I mean, I asked in the way that I'm being true to myself because all I really want is some free books to chuck on a bookshelf. Penguin books look pretty good on a bookshelf. They all line up quite nicely. <laughs> so I just I, thought I'd ask them. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I reckon they'll they'll say yes to that because, I mean, it's quite a charming email and it's like, look, there's no pretenses here. I'm not trying to be naughty. I just mm. want some free books, please. So, yeah. you know, there's all my cards on the table. Yeah. Yeah, laying, laying sort of, as opposed to being that guy who keeps their cards chasing chest. If you're just honest all the time, then you you have the people in your life. You're you're attracting the people that you need to be attracting. Essentially, so the, there is a book I've not read this, and I like I'd love to see the impact of this, but I think it would probably get me in trouble at work. Which is a book called Radical Honesty. Have you heard of this? Is it by Tara Brash? She's got radical compassion, got radical, radical acceptance. Yeah, she's got radical acceptance. Radical honesty is is just this like Texan dude who just <laughs> decided one day just to be. It's almost like the film Liar Liar, where yeah. he like he said it. It burned a lot of bridges very quickly when he started doing it. Um, and it, I think it's just living life on like extreme mode, complete liberation. Yeah, it, I mean, it would be great. Um, I'd love to know like the the depths of it because the. the and you know, Sam Harris talks about this in lying where it's like, love that book. Yeah. Very good. But he, he's like, there's a difference between telling the truth and just being a twat, like, and just saying whatever yeah. the first thing that comes to your head, because there might, there might not be any kind of benefit to, <laughs> to saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's no point sort of saying and, and being sort of honest and being a knob. There's, there's a difference between the two and you have to sense yourself in certain ways because there's better ways in which you could say what you're thinking. Mm. There's a difference between tact and honesty. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's so, a guy caught who's taken that advice and, and put it into action in his own life, a guy called Garrett, Garrett White, Garrett J. White. Um, he's been on Modern Wisdom before. If anyone's yeah. also heard of Modern Wisdom, that's kind of the a very accessible intro to him but he he's taken this like just stop lying about everything like be honest with yourself be honest with your loved ones be honest with your friends but he yeah. his caveat is it's important that the honesty is relevant because if you're just brutally honest about absolutely everything that you think about every thought that you have every like impulse that you have and you just say that thing it's probably not better for anybody yeah but if your thoughts if change a, constantly yeah yeah and everyone's had like a thought where you think I shouldn't say that out loud, you know, mm. but like if you, if it, if it's, oh, well, okay, 
I could either lie about this thing or I could just be honest and then yeah. it's relevant to the situation, then that's a great way to apply it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I looked at my, when, when we, I was picking books, I looked at my bookshelf and I forgot to look at my audible account and I just looked at my audible account and there'd be at least 10 more, I think. Yeah. But well, have I got one more? Come more back slot? on. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Should have looked yeah. at my audible account. It's annoying. I've also got okay. six audible credits that I didn't realize I had. Well, is it, if you need more credits than six, which I'm sure you probably don't go on your purchase history, get the refunds from there. You can literally choose any option for why you want to return it and you get free credits. So I've got eight sat in my account yesterday and I had one in the morning. So what, and it, nice. it removes it from your account, but you get the credit back. Yeah. Wow. That's a cool tip. I, 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 uh, so I did it yesterday. I've got eight credits and I was like, this is insane. So you just, you have to pay your seven ninety nine a month still, but mm. once you've finished a book anywhere up to a year back in the time that you've purchased it, you can return it and there's no questions asked. But if you do eight, they will pause your ability to return books for a couple months, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so can we do a quick fire round? Yeah. Quick fire. Oh, round. I've still got my fifth slot. Fifth slot. Let's do Let's it. Have you done five now? Have I done? I've done one. I've done four. Okay, we'll do quick fire then. Cool. Yeah. Wait, wait, uh, Johnny, haven't done you. You do your fifth then, and then. Well, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it doesn't matter if. We, if we okay. All right. My fifth is my fifth is Happy by Darren Brown. Yeah, I um, love it. Which is a book. I think the main thing that I got out of it was him talking about death coming to terms with death and how you perceive death yeah. um, and all the reasons why we're afraid of dying all the, the, the ways that modern culture deals with death um, yeah. and how it's always seen as like, you know, someone fought hard at the end and all these, all these things that you hear people say, um, or someone that lost their battle to a disease and things like that. It just reframes how you perceive that stuff. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I think like as I've sort of moved through my like later twenties, the way you think about and how often you think about like your mortality and how life being finite, that you start to think about yeah. those things more than when you're like seventeen, eighteen, for example. Generally, oh, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the whole memento um, mori thing, sort of meditate on death, acknowledge it, and live. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. With almost acceptance of of the fact that you're not going to be here forever yeah acknowledging it yeah exactly yeah so in that but have you have either of you read it yes happy i'm I'm about third through it's a big book it's yeah how long is it it's like 600 pages yeah it's like it was like 16 hours or something on audible i think Mm. um and i did like most of it on double speed on a like a five-hour flight to somewhere in a five-hour flight back um but yeah that and it's kind of an intro to stoicism as well for people who are new to that stuff and obviously, yeah, I have infinite respect for Darren Brown. Yeah, infinite. he's he's a mad guy. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea he was so intelligent. I just thought he did magic. Yeah. But then you actually yeah, think yeah. about the psychology in terms of everything he does. And then he writes this book. And that's what actually got me into stoicism initially. And then I sort of went into Ryan Holiday. And now I've got like Seneca and Marcus Aurelius's text sort of like sat on my desk. Yeah. And I'm like highlighting them, sort of just going through a couple of passages each day. Mm. Oh. This is a he's got Darren's got like a DVD that's like showing how he does some magic tricks. So I used to do magic when I was little. Yeah. Um, and it's called like the Devil's Handbook or something, or the Devil's Playbook. And it's like yeah. really hard to get a hold of. And I'm currently trying to navigate my way to finding a copy. 
but yeah okay well, look, if anyone if anyone listening has has a access to that then please oh, get yeah. in contact with johnny get in touch yeah definitely so right. next one is one that big fans of which is the e-myth revisited so this is a book that goes through the it uses some companies like mcdonald's or starbucks as models yeah. for how you would create a business and turn it into a franchise so it's the idea that like someone might start as a baker and they like baking bread and the reason they went into this is because they like baking and and so they then start baking more bread and then they get more customers baking loads of bread and then things starts to take them over and they're not sleeping well because they're having to um they can't accommodate all of the demand that they're doing yeah. and then they find they have to take on new bakers and they're spending time um doing the accounts and doing the the signs on the shop and, and all this stuff and then the more and more they do the more they realize that they're not they're still rammed trying to do the baking and they're also doing these things that they're not really sure on how to do and the management stuff yeah and then the staff on how to make it in the same way that they once did and and where it's whereas it says instead you, you start as a technician you need to write a manual for yourself and then become manager you basically copying and pasting yourself such that you can then start to remove yourself more and more from the business mm. until you then run what is effectively a real estate um business yeah. like mcdonald's where they're not really dealing in burgers they're dealing in um real estate in like one of the yeah. high traffic areas and then the whole burger process is systematized yeah it's a brilliant film, isn't it? But on the um, CEO of McDonald's and sort of how it all started oh, yeah. and um, yeah, founder. Yeah. I love that film. Mm-hmm. You just see sort of how it started and who fucked over who. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. So <clears throat> there's your top five. I've got them all written down. My notes are so bad. So I'll, I'll be summarizing all of those um, in the episode notes for everyone. Oh, um but just before what I'll do is I'll stop recording them and have a little chat, but um, where, where can, where, where can everyone find you? I don't know why that didn't come out well. So if you go to propanefitness.com, that is the, the hub of our website. But if depending on your preferred platform, we have a YouTube channel, which I would highly recommend. Um, that's where we have the video that I think you found us through, which is how I read 30 books a year while working as yeah. a doctor um, and there's some more stuff on there about what we've talked about and some recommendations. We have a Instagram, Twitter, uh, a Facebook. Don't, don't go on the Facebook. It's rubbish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically anything forward slash propane fitness, um, that yeah. is like the gas propane. Um, and if you're interested in becoming an online coach or basically growing your online income, if you go to propane dash business.com, um, and that's where we have all of that stuff too. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Excellent. Well, it's been great to um, have you guys on. I'm going to stop recording now and then we'll just have a quick chat, but um, anything, any final messages for the listeners if we need to read from either of you? I think my, my advice is just, or as always with this stuff is um, one of the best ways to find out like the next book to read is to do like an audit of yourself and like what it is that is the pressing issue you need to work on, whether like personal life, business, whatever and then pick that as your next book and you're far more likely to absorb the information than if you're just kind of reading for the sake of it. So that's the yeah. thing that's helped me a ton. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think, um, look, look at the, the last 10 books that you've read 
and before you move on to the next one think have i really the lemon on this one like, have i got a lesson that this author wants me to implement and if not maybe let's hold off on the next book and you know go through these ones first and, and get the fruits of it yeah yeah definitely and revisit that one well, that is the end of the episode i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did um you can see all the tangents i promised it that's that's what was delivered you heard from the propane guys where you can find them i'll put everything in the notes of this episode as well for you obviously if you like the podcast please do review it subscribe follow us that's all i can ask for and i'll be back soon